0: Today we're going to talk about purposeful passion how that each and every one of us have been given something placed down inside of us that we should be passionate about, and when we find out what that is, and we begin to live passionately for that, and you're going to hear me say the word passion a whole lot today, and as we begin to live that way, we begin to see our life come to fulfillment. So if you'll take your Bibles and go to the book of Luke, the 10th chapter, in just a few moments we're going to be reading, beginning in the 30th verse, and as you're doing that, let me say hello to the campuses today, to each and every one of you. My name is Eddie Couples. I'm the lead pastor for Love and Truth Ministries, and I'm grateful for what God is doing. I'm thankful each week as I get the reports from the different campuses about the moving power of God and lives being changed, and I'm glad you're with us today as we go into the Word of God. Now, we're going to talk about passion today, and, uh, and I want to just define passion for you. Here's what passion is. Passion is a strong desire or devotion to some activity object or concept that's what passion is it's a strong desire or a devotion in other words how many of you know some people who are passionate about something you know a few people how many of you are passionate how many of you are not just breathing up somebody else's air right right Come on! I mean, you you, you got. This. I'm going for it. I'm going to to see what there is to do. Let, let me just read you something. I don't normally start off reading, but uh, let, let's do that. Let me read. This is out of a book by Mark Batterson called All In. Here's what he says: A century ago, a band of brave souls became known as one-way missionaries. They purchased single tickets to the mission field with re- with no return half, and instead of suitcases, they packed their few earthly belongings into coffins. As they sailed out of port, they waved goodbye to everyone they loved and everything they knew. They knew they would never return home. A.W. Milne was one of these missionaries. He set sail for New Hebrides in the South Pacific, knowing full well that the headhunters who lived there had martyred every missionary before him. Milne did not fear for his life because he had already died to himself. Wow. His coffin was packed. For 35 years he lived among that tribe and loved them. When he died, tribe members buried him in the middle of their village and inscribed this epitaph on his tombstone. When he came, there was no light. When he left, there was no darkness. I picked that book up the other day. That's as far as I got. It so convicted me as I read that that I thought that's what passion is all about that's what passion is is that you have come to the place that it is no longer that you are living for yourself the apostle paul said to live as christ and to die is gain that's passion That's where we've got to come in our lives, where we live day in and day out. I want to challenge those of you who are young people and teenagers and college students. I don't want you to wait until the energy of life has left you to sell out to Jesus Christ and to live with passion. I want to talk to you young adults today. I want to talk to you mom and dads and grandparents and and great-grandparents today. And I want to challenge you no matter where you are in life. No matter what's been handed to you, no matter what has happened over the past few years that has seemingly sucked the life out of you, I want to encourage you today to be passionate about what God has placed down inside of you, because I want to tell you, there is something great down inside of you. Would you look at your neighbor and say, there's something great inside of you? Come on, those of you watching, do that. Just there's something, there's something great inside of you. Now don't tell them you don't see it yet. That's not nice. We're going to help them with that. Look in the book of Luke, the 10th chapter, beginning in verse 30. Jesus replies to a question he's asked. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place, he saw him. Another translation says, he went and looked at him. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? Jesus is asking that question. The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Now, I want to talk about passion out of that scripture today, all right? Out of this passage here that that talks about, a, a, a sermon has probably been preached on this every way that you can think of, but today... I want to talk to you maybe from a little different perspective because what I see in this sermon is passion. I see that there there are some people who are just living life and going through the routine. There are some people who are just fulfilling a role, but there are some others that are living life passionately. When when we begin to look at this, what we see is we see the priest in in this story, and the priest represents religion. And what's interesting about that is that religion will leave you in the ditch. Re- religion will walk on by you and just tisk tisk and keep on going. The Levite uh, represents judgment. In fact, if you understand Levite, the Levitical law, uh, it just represents judgment. I mean, and the, the Scripture says, uh, one of the translations says, he looked at him. He went over and looked at him. And, and, and I, I just dare say that as the Levite looked at him, he kind of said, well, uh, you deserved it. Look at the mess you've got your life into. I'm sure you did something. There was some reason. That you wound up in this place. It's kind of like some Christians that you encounter when you're going through a rough patch and they say, well, uh, what sin have you committed? And you go, well, I've got several. Which one do you want to know about? (laughs) Right? Come on. And uh, well, it's, it's because no, no, no. That, that's what, what that's what the law does to you. But the scripture says the Samaritan. The Samaritan came by. The Samaritan is representing this story. Is is somebody that the Jewish nation did not want to have anything to do with. They, they felt so superior to the Samaritans because the Samaritans had intermarried and there was, there was mixed race things happening there and the Jews were so pure and so holy. And, and yet Jesus said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you what religion will do. I'm going to show you what the law will do, but then I'm going to show you what passion will do. And so the Samaritan represents passion as far as I'm concerned. The Samaritan represents to us in our lives the passion, how that you and I need to live. And and so I want to encourage you today, as as we work our way through this story, I want to encourage you to identify where you are in the journey. I I hope you're not uh, with the priest and the Levite. I I hope you're not a religious person today. Because religion stinks. I hope you're not a legalistic person where you're always pointing your finger at everybody else and telling them everything that's wrong in their life. I hope you're like the Samaritan who has identified what it is that God's called you to do and that you're living your life out of a sense of passion and a sense of destiny. Now, there are three things in this passage, in this story, that I want to kind of take us for a few minutes and talk about. I want to kind of drill down into this and show you three distinct things that I think in all of our lives represent what passion really is. The first thing that I see in this story is commitment. Now, I want to tell you, if you're passionate about something, you'll be committed to it. I've told this story before, but, but I found out, you know, I've, I've been doing this, this preaching thing for a few days. Um... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I got to thinking the other day. You know, I, I'm in my 34th year of full-time ministry. Uh, I started when I was two. Anyway, and uh, <laughs> and and, and I, I look at that, and I can remember back in the day, I, w- I would preach to get committed. I mean, I would hammer down. If you don't get committed, you're going to hell, and God's going to judge you and beat you with 39 stripes. I mean, I, I had all the, the stuff. I just beat the stew out of you trying to get you committed. And I, I found out that works for a little while. You know, it's kind of like your kids you know you can hammer down they'll do it for five minutes what's wrong with y'all right and and then as, as soon as you walk away they're back to you know it's kind of like when yesterday I was I was coming from Memphis and and uh, and I looked up in my rearview mirror how many of you know where this story is going <laughs> I have those stories don't I, I look to my I'm on the interstate and I'm doing <clears throat> miles an hour and uh And I look up in my rearview mirror and I see about a mile back, I see blue lights. Well, I immediately slowed down. I immediately started driving 70 miles an hour. Got over in the right lane so he could get by me. He got by me. I watched him as he moved further and further and further ahead. And the further ahead he went, the faster I went. That's what law does. Law hits you and you obey, but then you walk away. That's not how you get commitment. Here's what you get when you are committed to something you're excited about. You are committed to what you are passionate about. Years ago when our, where our kids were doing t-ball and all that stuff, and some of you are in that stage right now where you got t-ball and baller, ballerinas and all, you know, all the stuff you're doing and taking them to this contest and that thing and travel here and all that. And, and I can remember that. I mean, we showed up, I don't think I missed, unless I was out of town, I didn't miss, ever miss a game my kids were playing in. I was there and, and worked the concession stand. I, they even had me out on second base coaching, which is never a good thing for me to be doing. <laughs> And uh, you know the reason I was committed to that? I wasn't committed to that because I enjoyed that or wanted to be there because of the coach. I was committed because my kids were having a good time and I was passionate about my kids. It's the same way in our lives. When we find that which we are passionate about, it brings a commitment to us. I dare say if we were to look at this man's life, and again, I know it's a story, but let me kind of develop it a little bit. If you were to give him a spiritual gifts inventory or if you were to, uh, to do a profile on him, you would find out that this man had a gift of mercy. He had a gift of hospitality. He was a person uh, who who was concerned about others. And so when he saw this man lying in the ditch, he there was no way he was going to leave him there. He made sure he went out of his way. He got committed. He got involved. You know, a, a lot of us kind of get committed at some level, but we don't really get involved. We we you know we say, well, uh, you know, it, it's okay. I'll I'll do this. I'll do that. But but I'm not really going to to a really, pour. it's, it's kind of like when you see somebody out on the street who's got one of those signs that says we'll work for food. They won't, but anyway they, they've got this sign up and, uh, and it's, you, you've got a choice at that moment. You can, you can, number one, you can drive by and forget it, alright? Number two is, you can reach in your wallet and say, what have I got? And give them the smallest you got. Or now, here's, here's radical. You could stop the car and say, I'm going to take you to the finest restaurant in town. I'm going to buy you a meal. I'm going to help you get set up in life. And I'm going to spend time to make sure your life is a success. Now, I want to tell you, that's commitment. And that's what this story is about. This story is about a man who was so passionate about what he was called to do that he was willing to get committed. That's one of the things that, that I see so lacking in our nation at this point in time is that level of commitment. People don't want to be committed. We don't want to be committed to anything. You know, uh, we uh, we, want to come and go as we please. We want to do what we want to. We don't want to be committed in a marriage. We don't want to be committed in a job. We don't want to be committed in anything. Now, let me tell you, whatever you're going to do in life, if you're really going to make a difference, if you're really going to achieve something great and live out a passion, you have got to come to a place where you are willing to make a commitment that's what this story is about it's about passion but it shows us commitment and as you're sitting here today and as you're watching me today I just challenge you look at your life and ask yourself the question what am I committed to am I committed to anything now your neighbor may be looking at you saying I want to commit you (laughs) that's a whole nother sermon This is about your level of commitment and what you want to do in your life. So that's the first thing I see in the story. Secondly, is I see obedience. I see this man who is obedient to what I believe God had placed down inside of him. Here's, Here's what I want to share with you today. I want you to understand that from your time of birth, and we talked about it last week, that inside of a seed there are instructions. From the moment of your birth, God placed some things down inside of you that He wanted you to do. Um, It's a sad state when somebody is 30 or 40 years old and they still don't know what it is they want to do with their life. Here's what I'll tell you, and I don't want to ruffle your feathers too much, just a little. If you don't know what you want to do and you're 30, 40, 50 years of age and somebody asks you what do you want to be when you grow up and you don't know, the issue is is that you're out of touch with yourself. Because God has placed down inside of you instructions. The Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. The Scripture says that you were made in the image and in the likeness of God, that God has placed within you something that you are called to do, and you alone have the ability to see it come to pass. Now, here's the deal. Are we going to be obedient and do what we are called to do, or are we going to kind of live out our own self? The the Levite and the priest, they kind of just did their own thing. They, they kind of just went about their own duty and just said, you know, hey, man, it's. Uh, they might even say, man, I feel sorry for you or whatever. But they didn't come to that place of being obedient. I mean, if anybody should have been obedient, it ought to have been the religious people. In fact, the, the, the priest is a paid professional. He's paid to be good. The Samaritan's just good for Nothing is not getting paid. I mean, the priest is paid day in and day. This is your job. This is your responsibility. And yet, what we find is, is that we find the priest is so locked in to his religious duty that he misses out on a prime opportunity to be passionate about what God is passionate about. And so you have to learn to be obedient. That's what we see in this story. The, The third thing that we see is accountability. I believe in accountability. I believe it is one thing, uh, again, that's lacking in our nation and in our world. Nobody wants to be accountable. I mean, uh, let, let me just use it from my perspective. In the church world, if you call anybody to accountability, they'll just get mad and leave the church and go somewhere else. Well, who do you think you are telling me I can't or should, would, could, do, whatever it is? I'll show you I'm out. Come on. Why? Because we don't want to be accountable, and yet if we're going to live up to our passion, if we're going to fulfill what it is that God's called us to do, we've got to be accountable. This man, here's what he says: He goes to the innkeeper and he says to him, "Hey, I want to tell you what I got. This guy, he's in there. I'm going to give you some money. It'll take care of him for a few weeks. But if it's going to be more than that, I'm coming back through here on such and such a date. And when I come back, whatever else it's cost to take care of this man, I will." Pay you when I get here now that's accountability that's being a person who says you know what I am not just living for what I want and what I desire I am living to be accountable to that which God has placed within me and I want to tell you it doesn't matter who you are today if, if you are in relationship with Jesus Christ or you're not in relationship with Jesus Christ there is still something down inside of you that God's given you to do with life And it's your choice. It's up to you how that you live this life. And I want to tell you, it is a lot more fun to live with passion. I mean, depressed people depress me. If you're depressed today, we'll pray. If that doesn't help, we got a lot of doctors. I'm being serious. Why live this? Why live the greatest existence known on this earth in a place where there's no passion, there's no joy, there's no fun, there's no happiness in life? Listen, God has created you to live life. The Bible says it this way. It says the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's passion. That's living with something that says, I am going to do something that is great. I am going to make a difference in my generation. I am going to see the hand of God show up for me. That's what living with passion is. Now, let's let's talk about passion for a minute. Passion isn't about receiving, but giving. This, This story, the Samaritan is not saying, well, what's in it for me? You know, the, the story I read to you when we began today about this missionary putting all of his belongings in a casket, I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine what that's like and, and going for 30-something years. He wasn't asking what's in it for me. He was saying, listen, I'm going to make a difference in the world. I'm going to give, and when I can't give anymore, then they'll put me in that box that I brought with me, and they'll put me in the ground. But I am going to make a difference in the world. And, and it's so interesting that his epitaph was that when he got here, there was no light, and when he left, there is no darkness. Now, I don't know about you. I would love something like that to be said about my life, that I made that much difference. But listen, you can't make that kind of different, difference living selfishly. Me, 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 me. I mean, we expect that for two-year-olds. We expect that for five-year-olds. We don't expect that for 35-year-olds. There, there's something you, you've got to learn to live outside of yourself. That's what passion does for you. The second aspect about passion is, is that passion is willing to risk. Passion willing to risk. Passion is the Apostle Peter. I mean, that guy is filled with passion. Now he's messing up. He's getting in trouble. He's doing all the wrong things. I mean, he gets rebuked on the Mount of Transfiguration. He gets rebuked uh, when they come to arrest Jesus. He gets rebuked when he tries to correct Jesus, and Jesus calls him the devil. I mean, he's getting rebuked every other day. But Jesus still says, uh, upon this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. On this revelation, Peter, that you just gave, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom, and you're going to stand up on the day of Pentecost and open the church. The New Testament church is going to be launched because of your preaching. Why? Because you're that great? Because you're that wonderful? Because you got it all together? No. Because you're passionate. Jesus comes walking on the water. Everybody else is freaking out saying there's a ghost here. Peter says, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come. Come. Peter jumps out of the boat and starts walking. Now that's risk that's risk that's what real faith is all about that's what passion is about is that you are willing to risk when everybody else is wanting to stay in the boat and be safe everybody else is saying well you know it's 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 not the right time to start a business it's not the right time to get married it's not the right time to have babies it's not the right time to go to college not the right I mean what whatever it is you're trying to do there will be Job's comforters come along (laughs) to encourage you and to say you have sinned greatly and God's judging you instead of saying I am coming along to encourage you to do what you desire to do but you know what in every recession millionaires are made In every situation, people are getting married, people are going to college, people are having babies. It doesn't matter. It's happening all the time. If you are sitting back waiting until everything is perfect, you are never, ever, ever, you can answer that if it's Jesus, you can never, ever miss out on that moment where it comes in your life that God shows up and says, now's the time are you willing to risk that's what passion is about passion is risking passion is stepping out to do what God has called you to do the third thing about passion is passion doesn't care what others do or say well nobody else is doing it so what nobody else was called to do it anybody ever heard of a guy named Steve Jobs he was weird He was a geek. He was strange. I mean, if you read his biography, I recently read that, it's it's filled with all, but the guy changed the world. The world has changed because one man said, I don't care what everybody else is doing. Everybody else says you got to have this huge computer sitting over in a building and you got to have, you got to do all this stuff. I mean, do do you even remember what your first computer was like? I mean, it was huge and it was, you have more on your phone than whole companies used to have on their mainframe. Why? Because one guy said, I don't care what everybody else is doing. I don't have to fit in. I'm passionate about something. I mean, he was so passionate. It had to feel right. Again, I'm talking, if you've read his, read his the, the phone, he, he would play, this doesn't feel right, change it. Well, who does he think he is? Steve Jobs, he owns it, you do what he says. <laughs> right? That's passion. That's not caring about what, if, as long as you're trying to please people, you're in trouble. I, I've said it for years, you know, at, at any given moment, I've got 15 or 20% of the church upset. My deal is let's keep them rotating. (laughs) Just don't keep the same ones. Then you're okay. Just keep them moving. This group today, that group tomorrow, just keep them moving. We'll be okay. All right? You, you, You can't live life trying to please people, you, you have to understand what it is that God has called you to do, and then you have to fulfill that, and you can't be worried about what everybody else is saying or doing. The, the fourth aspect is this, and I think this is maybe the greatest whole thing I'm going to talk about, is that passion flows out of a heart consumed by love. True passion comes out of a heart of love. You, you can't really be passionate about something if you don't love it. I mean, can, can you remember when you first started dating? Wow, I know it's been 100 years for some of us. I mean, come on, you, you'd do anything. You, you'd make fun, you'd buy a card, you'd send flowers. You, you, I mean, nothing was too hard. I mean, I can remember, you know, getting off work at 11 o'clock at night, working at a, a convenience store here in Jackson, and driving all the way to Illinois to see Sherry for a day and come back. Oh, wasn't that sweet? <laughs> I'm trying to get some points in here, if y'all would work with me. My account has run out, all right? I'm trying to build it back up. What's wrong with y'all? You're not cooperating well. i got to move on now. See, the moment is gone, all right? But, I mean, you you, you do those things. Why? Because it's out of love. It's the same way in anything in life that you're passionate about. You do it because it's love. Not because it's a duty. In fact, I want to tell you, if you hate your job, find you a job you love. I I watch people do, I watch people do strenuous work, but they love it. They're out there and they're they're a carpenter or they're you know they're working on the road or whatever, but they like what they're doing. They're, They're enjoying it. And and to them, that's where they're fulfilled. To me, you give me a hammer, I'm in trouble. I've messed up a wall. I've hit my finger. I've hit somebody in the head. I mean, whatever. That's not my passion, all right? But, but if you find that, and it's coming out of, out of a sense of love, and, and, and you're doing that to, to take care of your family. You're doing that to bless others. You're doing that to, to further the kingdom of God. That's, that's what passion is really about. Now, you say, Pastor, I, I want to live out of passion. I, I want to be there. How do I do that? Well, I'm, I'm going to give you three questions to ask yourself as I, I wrap this up today. Here's the first one. All right? Ask yourself this, number one, okay? Don't, don't miss this now. Uh, n- number one is this. If I could make one difference in my world, I would. I would what? All right? I, I didn't give you the fill-in. That, that's for you to do. But I just, just for now, now, wait a minute. Just for a moment, suspend all the negative stuff of why you've been told it couldn't happen or why you tried. or why, Just let all that go for just a moment and ask yourself if I can make one, not a hundred, difference. See, some of us, we get so over, overwhelmed by so many things. The Apostle Paul said, This one thing I do. What is the one, if I can make one difference in my world, see, my world is this, your world is that, somebody else's world, but if I can make one, I would, what would you do? Second question is this. My friends would say I am passionate about, what are you passionate about? You know, some people that the greatest passion in their life is what they're going to eat at the next meal. I know some of you have got that on your brain right now. All right? That's wonderful to eat, but I hope that's not your passion in life. What? If your friends were to say, if, if you were to go up and one of your friends say, what am I passionate about? What would they say to you? It kind of determines you. It will, it will kind of answer where you are in life. And the last one is this. If I knew I would not fail, I would. I would what? If I knew I wouldn't fail? See, as I was putting this together, that's the one question that messed my world up, in a sense, about 13 years ago. Because Sherry and I had been pastoring in Adamsville for a long time. We'd, God had blessed us, we'd pastored a wonderful church, we'd raised our family there. Great people who were sold out to the vision that God had given us. And I'm sitting in a room, and the question is asked, if you knew you wouldn't fail, what would you do? And about midnight, that question began to ring in my ears. And I knew at that moment that my life was shifting. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't happy about it. It wasn't what I wanted. I was kind of at the point, you know, I jokingly said I had been there long enough that I knew where all the bodies were buried. They couldn't run me off. You know, it was, it was one of those moments. And yet God said, what are you passionate about? And changed my direction of life at that moment. I want to tell you today, in your life, in your world, if you knew you would not fail, what would you do that will define what your passion is? I close with this. I challenge you to live out a passion. I challenge your life not to just spend 60, 70, 80, maybe 90 years upon this earth And then one day lay down. Let there be an epitaph. Whenever and whoever stands at your graveside that says, when he got here, when she got here, there was no light. When he left, when she left, there was no darkness. Would you bow your heads today? as I've talked with you today about passion I just want to tell you that for you to fully fulfill your life's dreams and goals the greatest thing that has to happen and the thing that has to be the most centrally focused in your life I believe with all my heart not just as a preacher but as a Christian I believe with all of my heart it's your relationship with God You know what, I've, I've watched men and women and I've known a few who have, who have achieved wonderful things on this earth. A few years ago, I met a man and have known him now for a few years. That time that I met him, that year, his company, which he owned wholly, made more that year than Michael Jordan did that year. And Michael Jordan was in his prime and Michael Jordan made $33 million that year. This man made more than that. But you know what I've watched? All that money has not made him happy. He's still searching. He knows. He knows what the kingdom is about. But he keeps thinking, if I get, if I can have that Bentley, if I can have that home on the polo club, if I can have, and all those things are wonderful. And God doesn't mind you having things. But those things will never satisfy you so you're here today my question to you is this not what are you driving where do you live or what do you wear my question to you today is do you know Jesus because it's only by knowing him that you will truly fulfill your destiny and so if you're here today and you say you know what pastor I really need Jesus in my life I want to commit my heart and my life to him today Would you just lift your hand anywhere in this room right now? Just hold your hand up. Way back here on the right. God bless you. Down here, thank you, on the right. Up in the risers, God bless you, on my right. Over here on my left, in the middle section, left section, thank you. Up in the risers on the left, thank you. Anybody else? Just another moment. Young lady right there, thank you. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Anyone else? Just real quickly. Let me ask this question. Maybe you're a believer today, but you say, Pastor, I, I, I just don't think I'm living life as passionately as I should. And I want to get to that place of living that abundant life that Jesus talks about. Would you just lift your hand anywhere in this room? Okay, a lot of hands on this. A lot of you. God bless you. All over the room. You put your hands down. Everybody look up here real quickly. We're going to pray together. We're going to ask the Lord today to come into our lives for those of you who need Jesus. You say, how do I get saved? The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, you'll be saved. The Apostle Peter said it this way. He said, repent. That means to change your mind, to change direction. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises to you to your children and all that are far off even as many as the Lord our God shall call I say that every week in this house because I believe every week God's calling people but there's never a moment where where we gather together that God's not calling and so today I believe God's called you now, lifting your hand did not save you. That just said, I need Jesus. How do I get saved? I get saved by asking the Lord to forgive me of my sins, that the blood of Jesus Christ would cleanse me by admitting and confessing I'm a sinner and that I need a Savior. And the Word of God says, when I do that, that if I'll confess my sin, that God is just and faithful to forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And so I want us to pray together right now. And if you lifted your hand, You need to ask Jesus to come into your life and forgive you today. Can we pray together? Heavenly Father, we come right now. Numerous hands were lifted across this congregation today. We say thank you for every one of them. But I come right now, Lord, and I just say on their behalf today that we need a Savior. So we ask you, Jesus, come into our life. We admit that we're sinners. We admit we've lived our own way we admit we've transgressed your laws and done what we've wanted to do and not what you've wanted us to do and we ask today for the blood of jesus christ to cleanse us thank you jesus that you paid my price so that i could be saved i thank you for that today i confess you as my lord and my savior right now that from this day forward i'm going to walk with you that you're going to be with me And that you've told me you'll never leave me you'll never forsake me but you'll go with me to the end of the age so we declare that today in the name of Jesus we pray amen